morning, church. Good morning. It's good to see you today. It's always good to be here. If you're visiting with us today, we are glad that you are with us today. Give me a little stand here. Have stand, we'll travel. That's a good thing. Um, spring break is here for a lot of people. I know some are gone and, and some are visiting, and we're glad that they're getting a chance to get away as well. You know, P.T. Barnum was the one that said there's a sucker born every minute. That's probably true. We wouldn't want to say that about ourselves, but nonetheless, it's probably true. It seems that there is no limit to what people will believe in, their, in life, I guess. Uh, maybe if they don't believe it, they kind of ponder it or at least think about it somewhat. Um, some of these titles were given off of what appears to be tabloids found at the grocery store checkout line. You've probably seen those before. And yet it amazes me they keep coming out with them and people at least look at them and read them and wonder sometimes, wonder if that's really true. Here's just a few of those that were listed on this list I found. Cow mattresses. Cow mattresses help cows produce more milk. Did you know that? I wonder who put that advertisement out. Um, Here's one. I found this one interesting. Mom on a diet of only chicken. Lays huge egg. That makes sense. Whoever would believe that one? This is a good one. World War II bomber found on the moon. Somebody picked that up and looked at it, apparently. I love this one. It says, woman gives birth to a two-year-old baby. Child walks and talks in three days. And here's the last one I'll share with you this morning, since we're getting a good chuckle here, really. Uh, Adam and Eve, uh, Adam and Eve's bones found in Asia. Eve was a space alien. Did you know that? Well, it's interesting, maybe not believable, of course, for some, but yet others take it as the gospel almost. And in that process, I think we are probably pretty gullible as people sometimes, naive, we might say, in some things. But gullible nonetheless, some people consider themselves logical thinkers in life, maybe great thinkers in life, and they think that Christians are gullible. Did you know that? That we're gullible for the fact that we believe or have faith in God. That's interesting. The people outside of these walls, many people think that. That's just fuddy-duddy stuff. That's just checkout line stuff. Did you know that? It's amazing, isn't it? But yet the Christians, as Christians, we understand that the key of what we are and who we are is based upon the faith that we have in God. Truly it is. By faith we come to Christ. It can only happen that way. Someone might run to the waters of baptism, but if you don't have faith, you can live in the water. So it is by faith we come to Christ, that we believe the story that Jesus died on the cross and was raised on the third day. Give me an amen. amen. It's based upon our faith. Our faith walk is that. Nonetheless, we walk by faith and not by sight, Scripture says. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible for anyone to please God. So it is faith that surrounds us. It's the core, if you will. It's the engine that we have within us. And it's given to us by God. Maybe you heard about the elderly lady who was, having, was very upset about all of her real problems and troubles of life, but also her make-believe problems and struggles of life. 
her kids finally just told her, and they just said, Grandma, we've done all we can for you. Now all you're going to do is you're just going to have to trust God for the rest. To which she got a weird look on her face and simply, Oh, dear, has it come to that now? It's always been about that for us as Christians. It's always been about the faith that we have placed in Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior, and the church says, Amen. Amen. Now, having said that, how do we know that's true, that in that process? The story in uh, Mark chapter 11, if you look at that story there, and we're going to look at this on several occasions over this series because there's so much in this, but you know the story, it's the, the withering of the fig tree and Jesus goes and he wants a snack and the tree doesn't have figs on it so he curses the tree and withers and dies and the disciples that are with Jesus can't under, quite understand that and so they're asking these questions basically and Jesus comes back with those four words and it says, have faith in God. Of course, he goes on to display what that faith will do in our lives. It can cause us to take mountains, those troubles, those struggles, those hurts, those pains, and move them from where they're at to be cast away from us. Faith can do that for the believer. The question is, do you believe that? He can't handle my problem. It's too big. He can't handle my marriage. It's too gone. He can't handle this in my life. He can't handle the finances. He can't handle the hurt. He can't handle the pain. He can't handle the suffering. He can't handle the, handle the disease. He just can't handle it. But yet God, Christ says, have faith in God. It's amazing. If we say we believe that, and we do, I want you to know something and write down a few things if you're a writer and you need to get some of these little quotes or these little sayings. These are really good ones. And I want to tell you, first of all, faith is a spiritual force in which God allows the believer to have. That is huge in our life, on our journey together. It is huge that we understand that faith is a source, a spiritual force in our life. It is the spiritual force that is required by God to get us from one place to the next place. For without it, we cannot move forward. It can't happen. This is why people die spiritually. They're unwilling to move. They're unwilling to have that faith, that force, use the force that drives them forward. In other words, faith propels the believer higher and higher. We determine the height in which we grow spiritually. We determine what we want in our lives spiritually through our faith. How's your faith level? If you were to measure your faith level from 1 to 10, what would you measure it at right now? Most people would probably say 5. Some would say maybe 6. And normally we somehow put it in that range because we don't want to brag about ourselves, although we might feel like we're a nine. But we don't want other people to think, my gosh, they have no faith. They got a one faith. But yet Jesus says, if you have faith just as a mustard, if you have a one faith, if you have a one faith, you can do great things. Are you doing great things with your faith? Has your faith produced great things in your life? another way of putting it. My, my. 
If we say we believe that, why do people fail to activate their faith in God? Why do you suppose? That's a good question. And I would have that in a class setting. Why do people fail to activate their faith in God? You wouldn't leave your house to go on a trip without putting fuel in your car, would you? Of course not. Why? And the answer is quite simple. What is it? You won't go nowhere. You won't get there, will you? You just won't get there. And so faith also does. Why do people fail to activate their faith in God? It could be multiple reasons. One certainly is, and we'll get to that maybe down the line somewhere too. But one is because I feel pretty comfortable right where I'm at. I just want to, this is what people say, I just want to stay home. I just want to just stay home. I don't want to go anywhere. And spiritually speaking, you do know a lot of people want that in their life. They just want to stay home. I'm okay with where I'm at. Why is that, though? Well, one reason we have a struggle with activating our faith, I believe, is because we're afraid of failure. Did you know that? Anybody in this room like to fail? I don't see one hand. Now, it's a trick question. Not really. Anybody like to succeed? Raise your hand. Some of you are half succeeders. I mean, hey, okay. Somebody's back here with two hands. Hey, hey, put me in, right? We want to succeed in life, do we not? Oftentimes, what we fail at in life is just putting our faith out front because we're afraid we might fail. I would go back to school, but I'm afraid I would fail algebra. I would. I did. You ever, you ever, you, you we're afraid of something. I'm afraid to ask her out, someone says. So someone else gets her. Missed another one. So you got to do something with it. You have to activate it in your life. It's the same thing spiritually speaking. It has to be activated in our life. There is no doubt. Is it failure of you or failure of God? Now, we know difference, don't we? If God tells us to have faith in Him, there must be a reason for it. If God says we must have faith in Him, there's got to be a reason for it. Have you ever asked the reason for your faith? It's another good question. What's the reason for my faith? Well, there's multiple reasons, I suppose, but one reason why is that I believe is right at the top of the list is so that you can find out that God is who God says He is. That you discover that God is real. If you take just a little faith and put it in God, you discover something of God. God is true to His Word. God is God. Therefore, I put more faith in God. I get more excited about who I am following on the journey. Faith is important in our life. There is no doubt. Another reason would be is that I believe and I come to understand that what he writes in this book is not fiction. It's not make-believe. It's not, it's not fiction. It's, it's not a book of that. It's a book of changing, life-changing for me. And so when I study that and I develop that in my life, it causes me to want to have more faith. And more faith comes growth in my life or propels me forward, we say. Because you and I fail at something, it doesn't mean God has failed at anything. Because you and I fail at something doesn't mean that God has failed at anything. 
a failed, listen to this, a seemingly or in this, a seemingly failed activated faith does not mean we have failed God. Because we can have faith but yet fail, but we haven't failed God. Something in there was not right for us. It's caused us to be sluggish in our growth, but we haven't failed God. A fail to activate faith in God is a thing called sin. Why? Because what we've done is we put our faith in self and not in God. And many Christians walk by sight and not by faith. And this is why we fail to grow spiritually and move forward in our journey together. Remember last week we talked about inviting others on the journey with us. Did you take time to invite one this past week? Nope, just too busy, Arlie. It's the time to be able to invest, to have faith that if I do what God has called me to do, there will be something at the end of that that will bless my life or bless someone else. So in that process, we grow spiritually, but yet we fail. But have faith in God, Jesus said, Mark 11. Romans chapter 3, 23, it's a verse we use a lot. I've heard it all my life, and and I'm sure that you have too. And it's a verse that we can quote really quickly together. And it just, it tells us there, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we, we run to that verse oftentimes when we fail. We run to it. Oh, all sin, we just sin. Well, it's sin. Yeah, we all sin. Well, well, well. And we just go on. It's as though it's a coverall. You sin, I sin, we sin. Hey, let's all go home or, you know, go to McDonald's or something. Think about that. But when you look at this verse, and, and, and I like about this verse, the word all, the word all here is not a detergent. The word all connects with the following. The word all connects with you and me and everybody else that's a you and me. And in this, it connects to the following. What is the following? What connects us there? Sin and failure in our lives. That connects us. It makes it all. In other words, the way I would put it today would be this. No one has an everyday perfect day. Anybody have a perfect day? I have. What you would say at the end of the day, man, today was a great day. Get your hands up. You ever have a great day? I mean, it was just a great day. Did you almost have a great day? Yeah. What happened? It wasn't so great. Somebody called. Somebody said. You thought something. You did something. You stumped your toe. Whatever it was, it was almost a great day, but nobody has a perfect great day every day. You've got to come to grips with that on the journey with God. But praise God, he doesn't stop with verse number 23. You see, if you stopped with that verse only, then we'd all just, that's what we would do. I always say, I say, you say, what's just about sin? No, 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 no. He gives us the remedy for it all. That's the beauty of God. He tells us what's the problem is we all sin, we all fall short. But then he gives us this. He's talking to Christians, and notice what he says here. My back screen is off, but I'm not really sure, so I have to turn around here a lot. And in this, he says, and all, that all there includes me and you. Give me an amen. I mean, that's a big bay man right there. And all, he's talking to Christians. Now watch what he says. Are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And the church says, 
Now watch. God presented Christ as a sacrifice, an atonement. That's key right there. As an atonement, a payment. It was made in full. Watch this. Through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. How do you receive it? How do you receive it? How do you receive it? That's it. It is by faith that you receive it. You haven't seen it, but you've heard it and you believe it. You receive it through faith. Now, he did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And so what he's saying is right here when Christ died on the cross for our sins, the only way to get that cleansing is through faith in Christ Jesus that redeemed us on the cross. That's where the action took place. Don't look to the resurrection. It was the shedding blood of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is powerful to say that the grave could not hold Jesus. But without the cross, he's just raised from the dead. But with the cross, the blood was shed and given for us so that we might be redeemed and the price was paid on the cross. You have to get that. You have to get it in your spirit and realize that that's the truth from God's word. Faith in that you and I believe that he has done what he's done on the cross for us. To include us on the journey together with him. And the church says, and Harley says hallelujah. That he would want me on the journey. And right here the writer's telling us, he wants you on the journey. He wants me on the journey. Wow, it's pretty good. Psalms 25. Remember now, faith is the fuel that propels us and drives us forward in our lives. In Psalms 25, notice this one here. I'm going to turn around again. And it tells us, show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. And teach me, for you are God my Savior. And my hope is in you. All day long. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture, and I would encourage you to memorize this one because in this process, it says, show me, teach me, guide me, teach me. My hope is in you all day long. All day, every day. Filling up with Him daily helps you and me keep my failures rate much lower. Did you know that? Your failure rate in life will go up when you don't seek God in your life. Your failure rate will subside when you seek God daily in your life. I didn't say all go away. None of us are perfect, remember. But it gets that rate much lower in my life. So if you find yourself failing and failing and failing and failing, and that's what you're talking about when you talk to God and you're only saying, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, it could be because you have not activated your faith in God today. So before you go to God and you ask Him about all these and tell Him all about your troubles, which we all have, and all about your failures, read God's Word. Show me God. Teach me God. Guide me, God, into your paths, your truths, all day long. Things change. Your faith steps in this. 
your faith steps are so important in your life. Your faith caused you to step into the waters of baptism. And in that process, it moved you from death to life. I've done four funerals in the last two months. And I did Jimmy White's father's funeral this past week. And we talked about the scripture there. It talks about moving from, we have moved from death to life. Even though you die, yet shall you live. How does that happen? It happens because a person, and in this case his father, had put his faith in Jesus Christ. And he was counting on that. And so are we. Give me an amen. Yes, I believe that great is his faithfulness, God's. But mine oftentimes doesn't measure up. Anybody else with me? So if that is true, faith must require more than just doing something. It requires taking a risk. It takes a risk. When you drive your car, anytime you drive your car, you're taking a risk. Every time you leave your house, you're taking a risk. We don't think of that much because we do it daily in our lives. But the reason why you're taking the risk is to get to where you want to get to. Do you see it? You're willing to take that risk driving your car every day because you want to get to where you want to get to. You're willing to take that risk. Truth is, I don't like failure, but I fail. Adrian Rogers was famous for saying these words, and I've had it in my, or, or in my good stuff file for years. Failure need not be fatal, and it doesn't have to be final. It doesn't. That's where repentance comes in. And that's the beauty of the thing. And one of the things that we're going to talk about on this journey together as we go through is we're going to hear that word a lot is repentance. Repentance is the key to get you back on track. Isn't that wonderful? Repentance says basically this, I was wrong, you were right. Now I have faith in your rightness. God says, I got you back on track. Isn't that beautiful? That God provides us a way there, and God knows that we're all going to fall short, we're all going to fail, we're all going to sin, but God says, I even got that taken care of, because when you repent, I get you back on track. Give me an amen. That's good news. Failure is going to happen on our journey. You need to know that. It's going to happen from this guy right here. But our faith in God will allow us to overcome our failures and continue on our journey together. Praise God. So we all want to go. David said this in his class. We all want to go to heaven. Every one of us. And we do. But in most cases, after a few miles down the road, when we're taking a journey somewhere, a few miles down the road, we normally hear what? What do we hear? Are we there yet? Yeah, anybody? How come it's taking so long? Anybody ever hear that? If you have kids, you've heard that a thousand times. And so in that process, that's what we hear in our lives. So while I do believe that he can do all things, I also know me and I deal with me. And to be truthful with you, I've seen me fail before. I've seen me knocked down before. And I look awfully ugly when I get knocked down. But I've seen me succeed before. I, I jotted down... 
oh, I've hit a home run to win the ball game. There's two things in life you remember that just capture in your mind. Great successes and great failures. Did you know that? Because you can claim them all. All the in-between is just stuff. You might capture this or you might capture that. But if they were good ones, man, I can tell you my good ones. Anybody? And my bad ones, I know them too, but I'm just not going to tell you. That's what we do. So I know what it's like to hit the home run at the end of the game. In fact, in high school, I was honored to play on the basketball team. I wasn't that great, but I was a point guard, fast, could move the ball around and do all that stuff and let the big boys do their job underneath. I had the honor of winning two basketball games during my high school years in the last second. I'll never forget that. The first one was a fluke, period. Let me prove it to you. End of the game, somebody takes a shot from our team. The ball goes up. I'm standing under the goal for a rebound. Does that give you a clue right there? <laughs> Somehow, someway, through all of those six-foot-six six guys or whatever they were, that ball made its way down to this five-foot guy. And all I knew is that I could do is just throw the ball up because that's all the time we had. And it goes in. I'll never forget that. But I will also tell you what it feels like to be the last batter in a championship game with a runner on, and we could win the game. Two runners on, we could win the game. And I know what it's like to stand at the plate and stand there and know it's my game, and I know this pitcher, I've batted against him many times. I know what he's going to throw, and strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out of there. And I remember dragging that bat back to the dugout and feeling that feeling and that feeling I can run to just like that. We understand our failures and we understand our successes and they come to the forefront. So in all of that, I believe that I am a child of the King. But I know what kids do sometimes. Failure is one of the things in life that will happen and that we all have in common, even grandma. Failure. So on our journey, we have to keep that in mind. I don't like mine any more than you like yours. The journey for all followers of Christ will be riddled with some type of failures. Did you know that? When, when people die and we, we say they do their funerals. You don't hear many people come to the mic and say, man, oh, Harley struck out at that game. And yeah, I remember when he said those bad words, and I remember when his brother pulled him out from underneath the car and said, what in the world are you saying under there? Nah. But it was a failure. It's what we have in common. It really is. You need to know going on this trip that something is going to go a little off. David was talking in his class about the division among the body of Christ and all of that. And it's true. A lot of things divide us in our lives. I know a church back home in Kentucky divided over the color of the carpet. Honest. 
It was just a little small community that met together and, and one wanted blue and one wanted red and they got in a big argument and they fought about it and when they finished what their deal was, you know what their solution was? We'll meet at 10 o'clock, you guys meet at 2 o'clock in the same building. But I'm thinking, which color of carpet did you put in? Yellow? Perhaps. Silliness. But we need to know going on our journey together as followers, on this trip something will go a little off. I've been here 26 years almost, and a few things have gone off. Someone is going to say something that someone doesn't like. God addresses that, and so will we. You need to know that. Somebody's going to say something you don't like. A lot of times it's what the preacher says. Someone is going to need to stop when you don't want to stop. You ever get that on a trip? Huh? I've got to stop again. That's what I say to Don all the time. Again? From here to St. Louis, we stop about 12 times. I know exactly what, where I'm stopping. I don't even ask anymore. I just say, yep, we're stopping. No, I'm just kidding. It's only four times, but nonetheless. So somebody's going to need to stop when you don't stop or don't want to stop. God addresses that. We're going to address that. You may not get to eat everywhere you want to eat every time that you want to eat. God addresses that. We'll address that. You may spend too much money at the souvenir shop at that local gas station somewhere. God addresses that. We'll address that. You will discover that others have bad breath too. God addresses that and we will address that. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. On our journey, things are going to happen. However, God has not called us to be super saints, praise God. He has called us to walk by faith and do in faith what He has given us to do. He doesn't invite us on our journey that is impossible to make. God doesn't say, here, I want you to come and get on the bus with me, and when you do something wrong and you fail, I open the door and I throw you out, as some people might even preach. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to get to the land of glory. He wants us to get to heaven. He wants us to be with God forevermore. He wants us to spend eternity in the perfect place, a perfect place that He Himself has prepared for us. He wants that for us. When Noah built the ark, he was taking a risk. When Abraham left his family, he was taking a risk. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he was taking a risk. And you and I will take risk of failure in our faith steps with God as well. They didn't do it perfect, but if you read the successes of their story, the reason why they had success was one thing. Their faith was placed in God. Their faith was in God. And yet they too had problems, did they not? If you read the story and you just only look at the bright side of things, once again, we want to look at the good things, but if you read the rest of the story, we find out Noah didn't he was pretty ugly with his own family. You remember Abraham? Abraham lied about his wife. And you go on down the list, and if you look at even, if you talk about Rahab, Rahab failed every time she flipped that red light on. And not only Peter, but every single one of the disciples failed. And they were hand-selected by Jesus himself. Come follow me. And every single one of them had something in common, the same thing that we have in common. And in my readings of Scripture, and I've yet to find, but in my reading of Scripture, I've only read of one that never failed at anything, and his name was not Harley. 
His name is Jesus, name above all names. And what he did on that cross was just for me, to cover me knowing that I would not do it all right because I'm human and I'm not God. Now we know that trusting God requires faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen, Hebrews chapter 11. We haven't seen heaven, but we believe it's there. Can I have an amen? amen. How do you know it's there? How, how do you know it's there? Anybody going to heaven? Anybody going to heaven? Anybody going to heaven? Anybody going to heaven? And don't somebody say, are we leaving right now? Maybe not. How do you know heaven's there? Don and I are going to go to St. Louis in just a little bit when I shut up and quit talking here. We're going to go for three or four days. I know St. Louis is there. I know where my daughter lives. Our daughter lives. I know that. Why? Because I've been there. God is saying, I'm preparing a place for you. It's called heaven. But you haven't seen it yet. But will you have faith in me that it's there? This is where the world says, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Those people are gullible that they would believe something. But yet, those of us that claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior know that when we die to self, that one day we will rise again just as He rose from the dead and we will live in heaven with Him forever because we have faith in what God did through Jesus on the cross. Give me an amen. That's an amen, amen, right? It is. Write this one down. Remembering who invited you on the journey in the first place is one of the most valuable things you can take with you on your journey. You see, I can invite you, but you need to know today that God invites you. And when you remember on your journey who it is that first invited you on the journey, it'll pay great dividends in your journey that God thought that much of me. God thought that much of you that he would invite you on the journey. Why? Because faith is what sustains us on our journey. It's the fuel. We're going to talk more about that fuel next week. When you hit the unexpected things of life journey, and you will, and you get sidetracked with the detours and the bumps and the roads, uh, 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 rough roads ahead, Trust me, you and I will need all the faith that we can gather to stay on track just like the people before us. But in the end, the scripture says, but in the end, those that are found faithful will enter in. It doesn't say those that find themselves perfect enter in. It's those that stick with faith in God, what's your faith in these days? Is it in your bank account? Is it in your retirements? Is it in your job? Is it in the things that you have? Let me tell you something. One of these days, all that goes to somebody else. Every bit of it. But your faith in God, your faith in God, you take with you. Write this one down. The measure of faith 
The measure of your faith will determine unnecessary stops on your journey. Sometimes you'll find yourself stopping when you don't want to. What's that sound? I don't know. We need to pull over. We need to find out. What was that that hit the car? I don't know, but we need to pull over and find out. In our faith journey, it's the same thing. And the measure of the faith in which we use on this journey will determine how many stops, unnecessary stops, that we have to make. So perhaps today, as we close, you have discovered that you have made an unnecessary stop along the way. And you would love to change that. Well, have I got good news for you. Good news. Just for you. If you will, what you will do, my friend, God assures you, if in your faith you'll turn back to Him, He is more than willing to open the door for you once again. That's the wonderful thing about taking a risk in failure. If you still have faith, you still win. You still win in the end. Because God says that's what it takes is to have faith in me. God loved you in the beginning. Do you believe that? Give me an amen. amen. Well, God loves you still, my friend. He loves you still. Accept his offer of love once again. And activate your own faith in him. And see how good he still is. The scripture there on the screen, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you tasted the Lord lately? Honestly, my friend, have you tasted the Lord lately? Isn't He good? Isn't He good? Isn't He good? Amen? And then he says down there in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because it's not about the understanding, it's about your faith. In all your ways, submit to Him. Have faith in Him, and He will make your paths straight. Oh, my friend, why stay away from God when God is inviting you in? Don't wait any longer. Come, by faith, receive what He has for your life. God bless you. Come. Whatever your need is today, you come as together we stand and sing.